Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, everybody, welcome to Tackling Tacos, a fishing podcast. If you're just listening to this, you'll already notice it doesn't sound the same, uh, which I kind of apologize for, I guess. I'm actually in Madison, Wisconsin right now, our state's capital. Um, I am down here for some training. I work for the state of Wisconsin now, and I'm down here for the next like five weeks doing a bunch of trainings, and we're not just going to stop the podcast for it, and I didn't want to lug down the whole soundboard, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Lola is on her way to Florida to hang out with family. So if you can get through uh, the change in audio quality, then I think we got a really dope, a really, I think unique podcast for episode 41 what do you think nate yeah yeah that's uh that's for sure uh, a unique one and one i think uh i think a lot of people will will like and can relate to uh because yeah. if you're watching this you fish and if you fish you got to take care of your stuff so that's yeah. that's what this one's all about so yeah uh, we got we got a good guest on today that's going to tell us all the ins and outs on uh on how to take care of your stuff and and make it work well or in some cases even better than yeah like upgrade so, yeah yeah I was, I was watching some of his videos and uh um you know how when somebody's in like a certain something uh whatever that something is whether it's football like which we're kind of watching here in the background or it's fishing or it's car stuff uh whatever and people are like really like in that um culture whatever uh 
when they talk, it's like really obvious that they know their crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like yeah. they're overusing like technical terms. It's just like, this dude knows what he's saying. This dude is smart. Like if you watch this dude's videos on YouTube, it's pretty clear, pretty quick uh, that he knows his crap forwards, backwards, sideways. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk to him about a whole myriad of topics uh, tonight, but we're going to focus a lot on like what Nate said, uh, cleaning, lubing, maintaining rods and reels, upgrading reels, um, and if you're not about that life, you can actually use him to do it. He has a business where he does that. And, uh, we'll get into all this later, but when you go to his website, to me, at least his prices are insanely affordable, uh, for what he's doing and the quality of which he's doing it. So, uh, that should be rapid. Nate, uh, before we jump off in the podcast, can we have a brief moment of silence? The Packers season is over. Uh, it's over, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm still sort of on the fence about how I feel about this. And this is so dorky what I'm about to say to you, but it's the actual truth. Uh, I literally lost sleep last night because of that game. Like, I woke up multiple times thinking about the like five or six ways we could have won that game from uh, some ref calls that I thought were really, really bad to bad play calls, to bad execution, to the second half where it felt like each phase of the game was like, hey, you guys want to lose this? I got you. Missed field goal, terrible defense, bad offense. Jordan Love throwing picks, which both of those were 100% his fault that he threw. Um, The last one, I don't for the life of me understand what he was trying to do. I mean, you know, like there's rules in quarterbacking, like you don't want to throw across your body. He threw across his body. Uh, He threw into triple coverage at no point in that route was Christian Watson open. It was raining. He threw a lame duck. There's about a half dozen things he did wrong on that throw alone. But then at the same time, and I want to get your, your ideas on this, Nate, tackling tacos and footballs. Uh, at the same time, though, it's like nobody even thought the Packers would make the playoffs. Most people didn't think the Packers would have a 500 season. And we had a you know a game over 500, make the playoffs, beat the breaks off the Dallas Cowboys, basically beat the Niners, and then just kind of made some really stupid mistakes at the end. Um, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think it was a it was a whole mixture, like you said, of missed opportunities. Um, you can't you can't win ball games when you like you have two gimme interceptions that you just dropped, uh, like in, was in the bread basket. Yeah. Oh, one was a pick six. I mean, those are game changing moments, and when yeah. you're not able to seize those moments, you you tend to struggle, and that's kind of what we've done over the past, you know, few weeks when we got on a roll and we're looking good and it was, you know, season opportunities, like making yeah. the most of, uh, you know, what was going on. And that was, uh, that was not the case last night, I guess. No. Hats off to the Niners defense for, yeah. for making it tough, uh, you know, making it tough on us. But that's, I, you know, like you said, we shouldn't have been there, but it's still a game. I think we should have won, yeah. uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, but you know, successful season and hopefully yeah. off season can uh can be positive maybe find a new kicker um get Correct. some stuff figured out get I told, some stuff dude, figured out on the defense and uh and you know get out and play some ball yeah i told lola i'm like if it was up to me monday morning i'm talking about midnight let it just be monday so it's the start of the work week and joe barry the defensive coordinator and anders carlson are both done just ghost yeah. Uh, and, and then you build from there as soon as you can possibly yes. get rid of those two suckers. And I wish them well. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Yep. That's, that's a fact. I think on my 
Facebook or something like that. I made a post right after the game that said uh, Mason Crosby would have made that kick. <laughs> Mason, he, absolutely. 40, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. and, and I, like, I, I don't know. Have you ever tried to kick a football, Nate, like kick a, a football off a tee or off, off somebody's hold? It is really difficult. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's not so hard. It's not, a, it's not an easy feat for, for the common man, for sure. And I played football <laughs> for a lot of years, so – so I've definitely, uh, definitely given it a try myself, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you know, but 41, 41 for an NFL kicker. That's, that's 95% of the time. Yeah. That's, and that's not much the extra further. Point. Exactly. Not much yeah. further than today's extra point. Like hmm. the snap, the snap wasn't the greatest, but the, but he the got it set in time though. The placeholder caught it and set it quick. Like he so the placeholder did a great job. The snap wasn't great, but the placeholder no, it was low and off to the side, but it was more than yeah. good enough for an NFL yeah. kicker to put. And he's, the thing was, is by three, by three, ironically, since that's what a field goal would have given us right there. But yeah. by three, he had the most missed kicks in the NFL this year, three more than the dude closest to him. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like the kickers are, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they're not, they're not quarterbacks. Like homeboys got to go. But uh, let's transition out of that before I just start. I start crying and uh, <laughs> right whatever. Right. So today, uh, quick story time. Today, uh, me and Lola, our oldest child, uh, Kennedy, had a volleyball tournament. And you know how there's like that real common phrase, white people tacos, where you have like the, just a hard shell, beef, shredded cheese, lettuce, maybe some tomatoes if you're fancy, whatever. Uh, have you? Have you ever partaken in the white people nachos? Yeah, without a doubt. Wait, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, just like so. so yeah. Like, like, well, kind of. Yeah, this is at this. Yeah. This is this place called Beyond the Baseline in Davenport, Iowa. Shout out, point, point, point. Cool company, honestly. Yeah, cool place. Good people, honest people. Um, huge gym with like. Uh, five full six full volleyball courts like just a cool spot owner was a super cool dude anyway in their little cafeteria they had if you're watching on youtube i'm doing air quotes and if you do air quotes if you bend at the bottom it looks funnier like this is funny (laughs) but this is funnier that's how chris farley used to do it bending at the bottom it's funnier uh they had what they call deluxe nachos and i said what's on the deluxe nachos he said well and i said give me that like I didn't even let him describe it. Right. Uh, it was just nacho cheese, uh, like those big round kind of crappy uh, tortilla chips. And then they just put like some some crappy ground beef on there, some crappy salsa. There's a theme here of crappiness. Those really thick, like crappy jalapenos that they get out of a giant jar or like a can. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Big old jar, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, old, big old like industrial size can and then uh, some sour cream. And I think that was it. And like, dude, it was so good. <laughs> it was I, so I, dope. I thought you were going to get there. I thought you were going to get there. I was thinking to myself, you know, there's times where you put enough crappy ingredients together that something just, it just works. It's and the dope. It hits the yeah. spot. Yeah, it yeah. just hits the spot. Yeah, I don't think, uh, right what's his name, Gordon Ramsay? I don't think he would, like, you know, exactly be stoked about it. But, like, dude, it was just yeah. good. Like, I don't think Wolfgang Blitzer's going there. Isn't that his last name? Blitzer, the, the chef, uh, to uh, Wolfgang Puck. Isn't there that his name? Okay. Yeah. Who's Wolfgang Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, that's a that's a news guy. Anyway, we'll edit that out. No, we won't, but I can't talk. Dude, also, dude, press pause, dude. So last week, uh, we did our hopes and dreams episode. And what you didn't see, because we didn't have it on video, it was just audio because we were having internet issues. Uh, Lola is sitting to my right. 
And I think I was talking about uh, the two ways I wanted to get better at fishing this year. One was jerk baits, and then the other was big swim baits. And as I'm talking about big swim baits, Lola is off to the side hacking up a lung, just just going. And I feel so bad for her that I'm like distracted as my wife, you know what I'm saying? Like I would step in front of a train for her. She's over here like coughing up a lung while I'm talking about swim baits. And I don't always, but sometimes I go back and listen to our episodes. And on that episode, as I'm talking about swim baits in that context, I said something to the effect of, you know, I have a bunch of fish, 30 acre stuff. And I ordered that Chad Shad. And then I have a Spro, a Roku Shad. What I meant to say was the Storm Arashi Glide. But for whatever reason, in my distraction, I named a lipless crankbait. Lipless crankbait. Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember that. I do remember what that point. Idiot. I'm like, oh, a Roku Shad. I'm like, huh. Yeah. So, I, I, people, I thank you for being kind. I thank you for not being like on the swim bait underground where people would have just ripped my head smooth off my shoulders for for saying something that stupid. Right. But Nate, also like, be my friend. Correct me. If, if I All say right, something I, that dumb again, I got you next Spro. time. And I said the brand, I said Spro even yeah. Spro Roku shad instead of saying storm or Rashi glide. Um, but golly, anywho. All right. Um, that's embarrassing. Also, I don't even know a lot about it, but have you been seeing this, this, this just in, have you been seeing this beef with a uh, Millican and homeboy? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lunkers TV. Oh, uh, Rob Turkla. Rob Turkla. Yeah. Have you have you been yeah. seeing this? I, I have not. No. Huh? Goodness. I, I just got. I, I just I knew, suggested I knew to Milliken, watch it. I knew Milliken wasn't a big fan of like you know the whole Guggen Guggen thing. Yeah, he calls him like a boy band yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I knew that was the case, but I didn't know that they had like an actual beef going on. That's yeah. I had no idea. Like like when we get off this podcast, dude. Like look up the Lunkers TV, and he has a shoot ton of subscribers. I think he has like 2 million. Like, and yeah, honestly, yeah, like no diss to him there. Like that dude's been grinding hard on YouTube for a long time. High quality, high content, consistent, like no hate whatsoever. Uh, he's a veteran. You won't, you won't hear me say a bad word about homie, but um, uh, he just put out a video. It's like 20 minutes long and he just tears into sixth sense and uh, ben Milliken makes fun of the new hangover swim bait, shows it rolling in his pool. He's trying to reel it in, like tipping upside down. I mean, he just, I was like, holy monster, choli. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen yeah. that. Uh, I'm not trying to be a little like, gossip or whatever. It's just an interesting deal because right. usually like in this culture, like in fishing, people will sort of like take little like pot shots, little surreptitious jabs kind of under the table and like not yeah, usually like a, like a, you know, like a rap battle. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's wild. Yeah, it's up rat beef, old yeah, rat beef. Yeah, dude. Uh, what's the twenty-seven, twenty-four? Still, Kansas City over the Bills in the in the fourth. Oh, Nine minutes left. But um, also, huge shout out to our guest. That we're going to bring on right now. Uh, he uh, he agreed to do this podcast, even though he wanted to watch the football game, which I super appreciate because I'm, I'm here for this yeah. training. I got to wake up super early tomorrow. Um, so this feller um, that we're about to bring, do you want to do the intro now? Or do you want me to? I think you got it. Go ahead. Yeah. You're all over it already. So, okay. Word up. So um, uh, on Instagram, 
Uh, he has, and we'll let you tell, we'll, we'll let him tell you, people who are listening and or watching, uh, we'll let him break you off on all the details, all the deets, the good stuff for, for his social website, all that. Um, and I do think, man, if you fish, you should be following this cat. Trust me, that's, that's, that's my, my words, my bond. If you fish, you should follow this fellow. Um, his Instagram, he has over 15,000 followers. YouTube, he has 5,000 followers. Um, he does everything from like tournament fish. He works for Omega custom tackle. Um, he tournament fishes, he does boat video stuff. Uh, he's a custom lure painter. Uh, and then the big, like, yes. Cause you know, when Nate and I and Lola started this podcast, one of our big, like passions, one of our like main thrusts was that we didn't want to have just bass tournament anglers on. We wanted um, saltwater guys, crappie guys, ice fishing guys, lure fanatics, and then this guy, this angle is unique, and I'm so pumped for it. He is a real, R-E-E-L, <laughs> real yes. genius. Uh, reels, um, maintenance, taking apart, lubing, cleaning, upgrading, like putting better bearings in, all that kind of stuff. Dude is just next level. If you watch his videos, it takes about nine seconds to realize uh, that he's smarter than you are when it comes to reels and stuff. Yeah, and so we're so sure. excited. Let's uh, let's bring him on here uh, all the way from Missouri, uh, just west of St. Louis, our boy Trey Harpel. Trey, thanks for coming on, dude. What's going on, man? Howdy, thank you. Thank appreciate you. you guys having me. Yeah, dude, we appreciate you jumping on. Did we say your last name right or wrong? Yeah, you're right. You're good. Yes. Yeah, Harpel. You're good. Harpel. You're good. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right on that, but you were wrong on the Packers, so. Oh, ouch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard, dude. Like, you know, I, it's funny. I, Nate and I both, actually, um, we're both Cubs and Packers fans, which just means, like, we like to be emotionally hurt when it comes to sports. Yes. Cubs just are even worse. Down. Oh man, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. So we like I've been a Cubs and a Packers fan my whole life, and so like I never had a choice in it, and I've just always been, you know, just heartbroken. But we've had our moments. Like Packers have won, Cubs won in fifteen, so things could be worse. But uh, Trey, before we get too far into this, homie, um, number one, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. We're really, really excited for your expertise, your angle, different vibe, the whole shebang. Um, and number Absolutely. two, um, take take a couple minutes. Tell uh, tell people who you are, what you're into. Oh man, I'm Trey. I am. I live just west of. St. Louis, about like 25, 30 minutes away. So the fishing is absolutely amazing here. It's garbage. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it, it's terrible. Uh, I mean, we have like the Mississippi River, which is okay. Down here, yeah. it's terrible compared to like Pool 13 and yeah. Wabasha and all that stuff, which I've yeah. fished. Yeah. I fished a ton of Wabasha and lacrosse. So, oh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my backyard. Yeah, it's it's beautiful up there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I've been I've been tournament fishing since probably two thousand three, maybe. You know, I started the normal like bank fishing and fishing yeah. down in Florida and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought I was great, and I jumped into BFLs, and I absolutely hated it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fished as a non boater, and I just I I oh. I couldn't get over. You know, some guys that just 
like they would fish a spot for four hours and they catch two keepers and they just didn't want to move and stuff like that. So yeah. I decided to go boater and uh, that was a much better decision. Yeah, man. Yeah. Some some, uh, some anglers, when you're a co, they don't give a rat's behind about how their co does. Like they don't care. No, they don't. Mm-mm. Which I get it both ways. Like they're paying more money. It's the boat and they, sure. they're paying insurance and all this stuff, which people don't understand. And I get it. But man, as a non-boater, you're still paying money. You still yeah. drove to the lake. You still are putting yeah. your time and your tackle and all that stuff. So it's tough. Yeah, for it's sure. Though. You can learn a ton, BFLs and Toyotas. And you learn a ton from being in the back of the boat because you can bounce around from different guys, whoever you get drawn yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've fished a couple, uh, three or four now, I think, uh, bass opens as a co-angler years years ago and you're, you're right i mean you can win or learn rather you can learn an absolute ton yeah. uh but at the same instance it's it can be uh, a frustrating, a frustrating. Uh, situation at times yeah. yeah yeah that's for sure but and, and honestly uh, i can't imagine being a non-boater now with forward facing sonar and having that's a good point i don't think i've ever thought about that yeah that's a great point yeah, yeah. that is it'd be tougher just depending on what fishery you're at i mean if you're maybe down in florida it's probably not such a big deal but you know it is what it is yeah that's a great point (laughs) it sucks yeah Yeah. that's for sure so how uh trey you said you started off kind of beating up the bank and whatever how did take us back to that like a little more detail who did you learn to fish from who took you out is it a family thing so i so i started really saltwater fishing I had family oh, okay. down in Florida. So I fished saltwater down in uh, like Jensen Beach, Florida, like okay. the Indian River area for like snook and redfish and all that kind of stuff. I didn't actually get into bass fishing till probably my junior year in high school, which is like 98, hmm. 99. Okay. And then I just fished like 300 days. <laughs> that's awesome right that's all i yeah. did it was Heck my yeah. neighbor my two neighbors were really into fishing and there was a couple ponds and lakes down the road and we just took out like the little crawdad john boats and we'd fish and i'd go bank fishing literally like after, did you, after uh, hockey did you have a crawdad uh my neighbor did so i just oh those are the coolest dude those old coleman like plastic john boats yep yeah, yeah dude. Those, people, like, people talk about those it's great heck yeah yeah. It was amazing. So, you know, I, I learned from them. Uh, my parents weren't really, like, into fishing too much. My dad was. He did more fly fishing stuff. Mm. Uh, my uncle and all that did all the saltwater guiding in, in Louisiana, oh, cool. Florida. But, yeah, that, that bass fishing killed me. I mean, it, <laughs> it was bad. I went out, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go fish for 300 straight days. And yeah. Heck, yeah, dude. Amazing. So, yeah, I did that for a while. I love that. Yeah, you you remember one thing about it from back in the day that like, like that was the deal that that absolutely hooked you. Yeah, I've always loved being outdoors, and there's something about bass fishing that's just totally different than any other kind of fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your structure, and your, you know, I threw a spinnerbait. That's what you do when you you throw yeah. a spinnerbait, or you started throwing a rubber worm like a plastic. Yeah, worm. yeah, yeah. Yep. That's literally about it. Or you throw mm-hmm. the worm with the little blades on it. You know, like that's that's how you start. And I threw a spinnerbait a ton or a square. Yeah. Ball. Yeah. But did you yeah. uh Trey, did you ever throw this this is maybe so you and I must be close to the same age because I uh how old are you? Can I ask you that? Is that allowed? Yeah, I was I was born in nineteen eighty, so I'm forty three ish. 
Yeah, I was born in 81. So right on. Uh, so the same thing for me, like I wasn't crazy about fishing. I would do it like one. I mean, I was and I wasn't like I, I would fish semi regularly, not really knowing what I was doing, like like worm and bobber and whatever. And then I would go up to northern Wisconsin and we'd fish for pike and muskie, whatever. And then when I got turned on to bass fishing, just like you said, I think all the different styles of fishing, like I mean, I've told this story on here before, like the first time I ever saw a crankbait, it was a bomber fat a, and I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's not going to catch fish. And then I went out and just like caught them till my hands hurt. Uh, but one of my favorite lures back in the day when I would roll, you know, rods across the handlebars of my BMX bike, like one going this way, one going that way. So you kind of balance them out and they're both spinning. There was no way I was rocking bait casting back then. Uh, But one of them was always one of the, I don't even know what they're called. Maybe you do those little uh, pre-rigged, like three hook worms with like the leader coming out of it. And then you tie the swivel on it and it would just kind of slow spin. Boy, I used to wear them out on that thing and they smelled super good. They smelled like fruit roll-ups or something. Do you remember those things? Yeah, it was like that jelly worm or whatever they call it. The, yeah, the, dude, the, those, those were so cool. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. It had the little blade on the front and the little three like, <laughs> like, trout hooks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, teeny hooks. Yeah, teeny, teeny hooks. Yep. And me and my homies, like, we'd all piece together up like a dollar or something, go run down to like the hardware store and buy like two or three because they were like 60 cents back then. And yes. heck yeah, yeah, they, yeah came, they came wrapped up in that little pack. Those yeah, were little, little, the deal back in the day. Plastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 Plastic. They came in like a two pack or something. Yeah, dude. That's dope. You know, tie knot back then. Yeah. So, okay. So you've already said this, but I just want to get more detail because I, I like where your head's at. And I want to hear it. Uh, so you went from fishing, bass fishing 300 days. What was the, um, are you a competitive person? What was like the thing that made you transition? Like, okay, this is dope and this is fun, but like, dude, tournament fishing could really be like, what, what, do you know what I'm saying? What transitioned yeah. you from just fishing to like fishing competitively? Um, yeah, I've always been competitive. I played competitive soccer for 20 years i played hockey Hmm. really competitively so that kind of transitioned into let's go be competitive in fishing and i thought after like a couple years of beating the bank and fishing a couple hundred days a year i was like yeah i kind of know what i'm doing so i jumped in tournament fishing and then i bought like my first small skeeter bass boat okay 2000 and like five or six maybe okay you know like a little 15 footer and i was like all right let's mm-hmm. go jump into you know some local stuff and then yeah. uh got into a bigger when we did tournaments here on the river uh years ago it was phenomenal i mean for the river here it was pretty good yeah but that was fun it's local so i didn't have to mm-hmm. drive two or three hours away like sure. most of the guys from st louis do they have to drive two and a half hours to lake of the ozarks which it's kind of a pain so yeah <laughs> jumped into that like if you want to go fish a tournament here you have to drive an hour and a half minimum hmm. maybe two hours so it's pretty tough but yeah I, ju- I jumped in and i got a bigger boat and then i jumped into bigger tournaments yeah that's awesome and started winning them which was pretty awesome yeah winning is always uh yeah. winning is always fun for sure yeah it's it's such a dope you, feeling for you sure learn, i mean you learn either way i mean it's great um agreed and, and you get to meet a lot of new faces and guys and you kind of get this camaraderie of like, we're going to travel together and just kind of hang out and go fishing. It's fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. But we did that. I did that for like, I don't know, 15 years, 14 years. And I got really burnt out. I just doing it too much or what? 
just doing it too much. Yeah. The travel, the fishing, driving. I mean, we fished tournaments down in uh, Lake Amistad. If you're familiar oh, with wow. Texas. Yeah, that's a ways. Yeah, yeah, way down there. 17 hours from the house. So we did stuff down there. So you just like, you just fish like one off derbies and, and Southern Texas, like drove all the way down. Yeah. So we fish, my buddy and I fish this trail called the IFBBA. Okay. Um, it was kind of like a national trail. Okay. Sure. So Amistad was one. Um, we won in Bob Sandlin, which is Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did like Stockton and you Kentucky Lake and you kind of just bounced all over. Wow, dude. how did you do on Amistad? Uh, we, <laughs> so, <laughs> that place is amazing. That place yeah, is it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, we went down there and the water was like 60 feet low, maybe. So we went back in like Google Earth times and looked at all of these like channels and creeks. And we found sure, an yeah. area that was, I mean, phenomenal during practice. Uh, catching big fish. They're all kind of spawn. The water was warm. Mm. We went there and the first day of the tournament and literally like my third cast on a football jig, I stuck one that was probably over nine. Easy. Wow. Like easy. And it jumped and jumped. And then my buddy went to net it and it popped right off. Uh, I don't think I yelled so loud. Like <laughs> the, the the people, yeah, they could probably hear me like a, a country over in Mexico. They're like, what is yeah. this guy doing? Like, oh, right. But, Either that, yeah. or they've heard that scream before. They're like, oh, somebody's lost a big one. Like, you yeah. know, that, that pain. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad, but phenomenal. Like, beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It awesome. Yeah, it was That's so awesome. neat. And we fished in like February and we got so sunburned. <laughs> yeah, for I mean you're basically in Mexico, so yeah, that makes right, sense. Yeah, yeah, sitting right on it the equator. Really neat experience, and really cool. We fished like I think it was a two or three day tournament. We fished, and then I drove straight home after the tournament. That's sweet. Wow, I love but it. I really love that uh, that raw passion. That's dope, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. you know when you're a little yeah. bit younger, it's a little bit yeah. easier. So are you? Can I ask you this? Are you are you fishing derbies now again? Or are you still kind of out of it? Or where, where are you at with the tournament uh, thing now? I fish every once in a while. I so. You guys are from Wisconsin. I come to Wisconsin a ton. No, I, no. I have fished Wisconsin tournaments probably since mid 2000s. Oh, okay. I fished the English Choice in Lake yeah. Geneva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my buddy Rand has fished the Nation, and we would fish like Delavan, Geneva, Pool 13, mm-hmm. like Puckaway, all that stuff up there. And so I've done that for years. I, I absolutely love Wisconsin. Like it's yeah. probably my second home without having a house up there. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you, you could be a Packer fan if you want. Yeah. yeah. My my buddy that I stay with up in uh, like Nina. Yeah. He's a big Packers fan. Attaboy. It's it's a good time. It's okay. Fun. The bars are amazing up there. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, I love it up there. So, uh, so what do you, you mentioned, uh, dragging that football jig, uh, down on Amistad. What do you prefer to fish deep or shallow? Uh, I prefer to throw a jig and I screwed up. Like that was completely a hundred percent my fault throwing a football jig in. It was like eight foot of water on a rod that was made for throwing in like 20 to 25 feet of water. Mm. It was more of a dragging rod instead of like a flipping pitching rod. Sure. So right. I just didn't I just didn't penetrate the hook deep enough to you know hook the fish. So it threw it and I knew exactly what I did and I screwed up and that was completely on me. Dang. Uh, does, does that make it worse or better for you knowing that it was your fault? 
uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I kind of just sure. picked up another ride that I knew, like, this is my shell flipping ride. Sure. Right. I knew that this heavier ride would have penetrated that hook through the barb or past yeah. the barb, and I would have been good. Yeah. But it's the stuff you learn like yeah. that. that you're like, all right, lock that in your memory bank yeah. and never do it again. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm honestly, and like, time, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not that dissimilar than what we were just talking about. How you said you learn from fishing on the bank, like you know, if you're fishing a certain lure on the bank, and every time you throw it, you get it snagged, you stop throwing that one, you try something else. I mean, you just that's really fishing as a, as a whole. Like, um, I don't know if I've told the story on here before. Maybe I have, Nate. If I have, just tell me to shut up. Um, but for a while, the last time that I shot a decent buck uh, bow hunting. Um, that, that season I was complaining about how much time I was spending in the woods and I wasn't shooting anything. And I was texting my buddy, uh, rusty about it. And he was like, well, you're always going to be disappointed if you're only going out there to kill something. Right. If you can be out there to learn every time you go, then it's never like a failure because you can yeah. just kind of mental jot down notes like, okay, well, they didn't come out this way. Just like fishing, okay, this rod wasn't the right length or action or whatever. Yeah. I think as long as you're kind of growing as you go yeah then you're you're not losing and i've i mean i've even heard ike say it on his podcast that like fishing is the most losing competitive fishing is the most losing sport ever like you lose 99 percent of the time um but you know as long as you're growing and whatever so before we get into all the other fishing stuff that we could go down um because i want to ask you about jigs and whatever because i like i just like the last few years have gotten more into jig fishing and it's probably probably one of my favorite ways to fish now but um what'd you say it's awesome up there oh my gosh with all the grass you guys have and the pads yeah it's a religion up here yeah it's awesome yeah it's incredible uh nate let's talk to this uh let's talk to this fellow about about tacos uh we we are so excited to have you on our podcast and then we saw you um tagged us in a, a story of you eating a taco what was the taco you were eating trey tell us about it it was a it walleye fish taco. Walleye fish taco. Perfect. Let's say that. Walleye. Okay. <laughs> bottom bottom joint. Because honestly, who knows if it's actually walleye or if it's actually like tilapia or cod. Like, they, you know, they could just say it's walleye. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fried walleye. Um, nice. Oh, walleye tacos. It was, they were good. We went yeah. out there for lunch. Uh, we were throwing axes. Oh, nice. Okay. You're throwing axes and eating walleye tacos? Yeah, we went and threw, threw axes first <laughs> and, like, uh, shooting stars with a, like... Wow. Yeah, like, like Chinese, like, throwing stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the throwing stars. So we were doing that first for, like, an hour or two, whatever. Like, just the wife and the family. We are just... We've never done it before, so we went throwing axes. Wow. That's an awesome... <laughs> that's an awesome day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a solid afternoon, for sure. Mexican food. Had some tacos and margaritas gum, dude that sounds yeah. great Nate, hit, the, hit this dude up with some, with some taco questions Nate. you're the you're the chef yeah so uh do you cook much you know when what's the last taco mm. that you that you prepared <laughs> <laughs> or the wife i guess <laughs> oh man yeah i don't i can't i'm terrible i'm horrible yeah. i will like yeah i'm terrible um i've made like generic Flour tacos, soft tacos, corn tacos, right. stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I, I, the wife is a phenomenal cook and bake, so I let her do it. Yeah, she yeah. Loves it. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, don't, we haven't had tacos in a while, though. We haven't had uh, 
just Mexican food in probably like months, really. It's weird. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. I know it's disappointing. Gotta, like, man, I like it tacos. is. You got to get up on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I can have. I feel like I could literally have tacos every day. And I, I don't. We've never really talked about this on here, Nate. Not this specific level of it. But when I lived in Austin, Texas, for a while, uh, that was the first time I was ever introduced to breakfast tacos. Like breakfast tacos, like at a place, like at a restaurant or something. And like, they're incredible. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like the most simple thing ever. Like, like you were just saying flour tacos, something like a soft, I don't want corn for breakfast tacos, but like a soft, fluffy flour tortilla with like some scrambled eggs, bacon, yep. whatever, maybe a little bit of um, cheese or salt, man, you can't go wrong. So you could really honestly have tacos like all day, all day, every day. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Literally yeah, for sure. just slap I, uh, whatever. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I'm going to have to look it up maybe or, or, or share it on our IG. But he, this guy on Instagram made a uh, made a, a breakfast taco, just like we're talking about. And it looked absolutely incredible. So he's cooking, <laughs> on, he's cooking on, he's cooking on like a flat top or whatever, Blackstone yeah. something or whatever. And he throws down like jarred jalapenos or fresh jalapenos. I don't know which. it's probably fresh. Yeah. Uh, and then put like cheddar cheese down, like flat on the, on the, on the blacktop then put a ball of sausage on top of it and did the tortilla on top of it, like the smash, you know, oh, like mushed smash. it down like with a spatula. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah, like that smash. Uh, what was it? Uh, big Burger Mac taco. Or thing. That was, oh exactly, yeah. 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 That was running yeah. all over the place. So he did, yeah. he did exactly like that, but he did it with like, you know, breakfast, you know, sausage and the jalapeno and the cheese with the tortilla. And then he flips it over and he puts a piece of bacon on it and oh, come a sunny on. side, a sunny side up egg with like mm. a, a drizzle of like a look like sriracha or something like that. But it looked absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I, I need to give those a try because it was like, <laughs> I, I was like blown away like oh my God. exactly yeah how have i never seen anything like this so dude our podcast is such a bad idea every every time we have this podcast i just end up hungry like oh yeah gosh, i thought about dog, grabbing yeah. some tacos and like having them here while yeah like like you show us like some real stuff and you show us like some taco stuff like right yeah, next yeah. to it they were really good my, tacos. my wife is upstairs preparing well she's probably done now but she we made tacos for for dinner tonight so so you're gonna have her like run some down real quick? I, I probably should send her a text and hey, can you bring? I mean, we we, we have Lola like when we're doing video like for uh, jigs and stuff. We have Lola like Vanna White the jig in front of the camera. Your wife right. could like Vanna White like a taco or something. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we ate, we ate at a little local restaurant. I think it's uh, Azteca Four is what it's called here okay. in Davenport. They've got them kind of scattered all over the place, but it's pretty solid. Uh, pretty good, you know. I guess authenticus Mexican food. I would say it's probably yeah. yeah I, I'd say it is. Uh, but she got a <laughs> yeah yeah. But she uh, she got like a, they call them taco supremes. But she got a shredded beef and it was like a fly uh, a fried flour shell. Hmm. Uh, the shredded beef, uh, cheese, a little bit of lettuce, uh, cilantro, and sour cream. And we we eat there all the time. We never had the shredded beef, and she was like, "Oh my god, this this shredded beef is amazing!" So that that's, that's awesome. what she that's what she made uh, tonight oh, is uh, the the shredded beef tacos with the okay, the Alexis, I see flour shell. Yeah, she's up there throwing it down for sure. A point, uh, point, point. Uh, shout out to your wife. Yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm stoked to to get some as soon as. Uh, <laughs> here, so. Yeah, dude, no doubt, man. I actually uh, time to go, time to go, time to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just hang out real quick. Uh, Trey, do you do you partake in like the fast food tacos? Yeah, 
Yeah. Taco I mean, John's, Taco Bell, any of that stuff. We have Taco Bells here. I don't think we have Taco John's. Okay. Uh, that's that's yeah. sad. Yeah, I know. They're good. Yeah. They are good, dude. The potato lays, man, with the cheese. That's just uh, that's that's the next sponsorship we should go after for tackling tacos. Not even Taco John's, just the Olays with the cheese. Like, just right. you know how like sometimes dudes will have like a hard bait sponsor and then a soft bait sponsor, even though they're like baits. You know, companies make both. Like we go just just Olays and just, cheese. Just the Olays, yeah, 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 yeah. Just see how that goes. But uh, Trey, let's let's switch gears real quick because there's so many things I want to cover with you because you're a YouTuber, uh, you're an influencer. Honestly, like with you know between those two, you have twenty thousand followers right there. Um, uh, tell us about YouTube and, and social media. What made you want to start doing that? What made you want to take your passion of fishing stuff and start doing online stuff with it? Business. Okay. Hundred percent. Like if you're not doing social media with a business, you're way behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, I would say a hundred percent of my business comes from Facebook, my business page and Instagram. Wow. Uh, and, and some YouTube, you know, YouTube yeah. I kind of did cause I enjoyed it. Um, and I could reach kind of a, a different style of media. Sure. You know, Instagram and stuff is all reels or quick photos and all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of getting a snapshot yeah of what you're doing so like youtube i kind of just went on and kind of did a branch off of more of like reviews and breakdowns yeah. and other stuff and you know but yeah owning the business like social media yeah. <laughs> it's bad but i hate doing it <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of like never done right it's never ending yeah i mean you're doing it all the time like i have set times where the best traffic gets and yep. all this kind of stuff. And it, it eats up like, so I went full time with the job, with the business and everything probably seven years ago. Okay. Awesome. So I do everything. So I do social media and debates and reels and designing and all this stuff. So I'm engrossed in everything that I do. I don't mm-hmm. source it out to like my wife, not doing anything. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing everything. So yeah, the social media part is it's, it's tiring sometimes. Yeah, no doubt, dude. So yeah, I was um, gonna say you you definitely have a lot of irons in the fire, as they say. Clearly, uh, and, and you know to to stay on top of social media and stuff like you do that that you know takes a lot. So yeah, it takes a lot all the time. Yeah, yeah for sure. If I'm fishing, yeah. <laughs> if I'm doing this, I'm doing it. Like I, yeah, I sit still when I'm falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's a good character trait to have for somebody like you who has so many irons and so many uh, fires like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it makes a lot of sense. I feel like you kind of have to have that personality. Um, so, um, Trey, tell us how you, and again, like I said, I want to touch on a bunch of different stuff, but um, tell us how you got into custom painting lures. Oh, actually, you know what? Hold on. Before you do that, because we were just talking about it, let's just use that as like the transition. Um, how can people find you on social media and what's your website, all that stuff? So Instagram, it's at TH Custom. And the customs of the K. Yep. TH custom with a K and then Facebook is like TH real tuning and cleaning LLC, which I've tried to get it over to TH custom. And of course, Facebook won't allow it because they don't think it's me and blah, blah, blah. I need to go through that. <laughs> stupid. I just want everything right. to merge yeah. so I can have the same name, you know, on, on both platforms. Yeah. Um, and then YouTube, I think is maybe my first and last name. 
Let's uh, let's look real quick. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's yeah, yeah Trey Trey Harper. Because I started a, I started the YouTube channel back in like 2007 or eight. Yeah, I saw that on there. Oh seven. Yeah. yeah, you've been doing it a long time. And like, I, you know, what's funny about that is um, when I first started kind of hearing about like influencers or YouTubers or yeah, it's just Trey Harpel, which is Trey Harpel. Sorry, T R E Y space H A R P E L. Um, but when I first started hearing about like um, YouTubers and influencers, I was like, "Oh come on, shut up! You're you're that's not a job, dude. Right. That's some work, dude. Like constantly putting out videos, shooting, editing, coming up with ideas all the time, um, yeah. constantly posting stories, constantly posting at least you know one, two, three posts a day that are engaging enough. And like you said, figuring out the ever changing algorithms of social media to where you'll get actual engagement and with us like the like the world we're in including you trey um the outdoor world it's really easy for facebook or instagram to think that you're posting like kill videos of right. animals or abuse yeah, or whatever yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. you get kind of like shadow banned and your crap doesn't get engagement like it should so it's some work dude it's some work so i i appreciate where you're going with it but anywho all that um how'd you get into custom painting uh i think i was bored uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome answer. Right. So, yeah. so when I was in high school and then a lot of my career and then uh, in college, I was a graphic designer. Oh, whoa. So I've done the airbrush stuff when I was in high school, just like basic, like stenciling and airbrushing and kind of like airbrushing, like car models and stuff like that. And then it was like 15 years later, I picked up an airbrush again. I started painting base with like just the spray cans. And I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. And watch some YouTube videos because there hmm. were some videos out there. But I started, I would say like 2002, 2003, before it was like massive. Now you have 50,000 different guys For sure. that, yeah. that do it. Um, there's some really, really good ones. And there's guys that are like, hey, cool. You know, like go make some baits. If you want to make enough money to like supply your gas for the weekend and stuff, it's awesome. Um, but there's so many that have blown up in the last five years. Mm-hmm. COVID yeah. didn't help. I mean, COVID helped, but it didn't. Right. Yeah. Because like yeah. you said, you were bored. There's a lot more people who are sitting around bored. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more people. And so I just did it as I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to, you know, I've always been creative. So I grabbed some, my old beat up baits and just sprayed them mm-hmm. and caught fish on them. And I was like, hey, this is pretty awesome. And then I yeah. did airbrush stuff and then I started doing a ton and so when I started the business, I would say I was doing 80% custom painting and 20% mm. reels. Mm. Now it's like 90% reels. Mm. I'm going to get to you when I can get to you on baits. Like, right. <laughs> because I am doing so many reels right now. Yeah. Ungodly amount of reels. And it's, it takes up my time. And, you know, I've got probably a bunch of jerk baits I got to paint up this week, but. I'll knock them out because I don't sleep until I sleep. So <laughs> I like that. I don't sleep until I sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Nate, what, uh, what what questions do you have, Nate? I'm wondering because I mean we kind of talked about this with, with other guests, but like you have custom painted baits, Nate, and you are actually pretty yeah. dang good at it. Hit this dude up with some specifics. I don't even know what to ask. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the last time I custom painted any baits was probably. I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago. Like it's been a long time. I, right. I think I did a couple, a couple, maybe five years ago, but that was just like a handful I did just to, just to paint. But like, uh, 
where do you do you do a lot of repaints or do you do a lot of like custom blanks or like you hmm. know bulk bulk blanks or anything or something like that? I will I will pretty much do anything. Um, yeah, I've done repaints, swim baits, blanks that I get in from my suppliers that I have. Um, like we've got you know I do I do do a lot of like bait testing, so I get fifteen blanks of the same jerk bait. You know if it's a one ten or whatever it is, and you go through those, but. I think what sets me apart is like I've fished a ton of areas mm-hmm. all over the Midwest and East, mm-hmm. North, South, you know, from Florida to Minnesota to Maine. So I have a grasp on different forages in those regions. Yeah, I get it. That's smart. So yeah. if you're if you're just localized to Missouri, you're throwing, you know, a specific color. And you can paint that color. But since I've fished in like smallmouth country up in Michigan, St. Clair's and Sturgeon Bays and Mille Lacs and all this stuff. And yeah, that's cool. I kind of have a different perspective on bait colors. And with a graphic design background, I, I have a very unique way of being able to replicate colors. Hmm. Um, so it's just a little, it's a little bit different. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. Do you, you do you have a favorite pattern to paint, like uh, like bluegill, you know, a shiner, yeah. shad, something like that? Do you have Whatever something that you really wants. enjoy? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, I've got like a a bait that I designed. It's a wake bait. It's kind of a wake crank bait that's on Tackle Warehouse. Um, I designed that years ago. Oh, that's awesome. I, have, I probably paint Thank like. You. 25 different colors of those but tackle warehouse carries my four standard yeah that looks really good my taco has arrived oh there it is hi alexis there it is yeah she's already ran off she doesn't want nothing to do with she this. wants nothing to do with being on camera yeah, hold, know, on. Yeah. hold it back up man we got to get you in the main uh the main camera here oh man yeah that looks really good dude yeah, looks yeah. Really good. yeah. i'm in a hotel in madison eating beef jerky f you dude right yeah so a little oh my gosh that shell fried uh flower shell we've got the uh, chalupa yeah well yeah kind of yep and then uh the shredded beef that finished up in the crock pot a little while ago Uh, Uh, got some valentina's hot sauce (laughs) uh quesadilla cheese cilantro and uh maybe a little sour cream so okay so trey and i hate you just to be clear go ahead (laughs) go ahead check this out real quick no come on don't eat on camera i'm so jealous it's even worse the Bills lost. Yeah, I know, dude. I did not. I'm so sick of the Chiefs, man. Things Sorry. are just things are just not going well. So, Trey, um, before we transition into what I really, really want to talk to you about, because I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of it on a on a podcast. Exactly, uh, some real stuff, some maintenance stuff, some upgrades, cleaning, all that stuff. Before we do though, um, as far as your custom uh, baits, can people? I know the answer to this, but I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Can people go to your website to buy them? Can they go to your website to contact you to say like, oh, I like this bait. Will you paint it for me? How does that work? So I don't keep I don't keep an inventory of baits um, just because of the amount of colors I can do. And, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and so if I kept like one blank here, or one bait here, and I have to paint it in like 60 different colors. And for me, it's just it's not uh, viable on the business side. So I'm sure. pretty much order to or paint to order so if you order like a bunch of orders i got in like i got those in so now i can go paint them and have a reference of like all right so i need 20 of these 30 of these 40 of these Mm -hmm. and not sit on twenty thousand baits 
that I hope I could sell. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, especially now when I'm doing so many reels, um, I don't like to keep a huge inventory of baits other than the microwave weight baits for Tackle Warehouse. Okay. Yeah, that's really smart. I get it. And it so like if somebody hits you up on your website, I assume there's like contact information on there or whatever. Can they can I like I'm um Mike Smith and I find your website and I email you and say, Hey Trey, um they've been killing it on like gizzard shad patterns but i was thinking it'd be cool to have one with like a little purple on the back what can you do that kind of thing like can you customize craft for people yep i do a lot of custom stuff like guys have specific colors they use in 1936 and they right yeah yeah. they're like i lost it can you paint it i'm like yeah sure i just did that's cool you know um which is cool because i get a lot of custom stuff that guys have like unique certain colors they want to do for their specific lake they want to fish dude that's cool man so yeah if anybody if anybody's listening to this or watching this and you heard that that is freaking dope because everybody everybody has that lure they threw when they were a kid or that they don't want to throw that's in their tackle box because they don't want to lose it so you can hit up trey at his website uh and actually request a specific color and he will create or recreate that color for you that's that's pretty that's pretty freaking cool it's a little different in Instagram. I get messages. And yeah. Oh yeah. Hit them up on Instagram, whatever, that's but that's crazy. really neat. Yeah. That's yeah. a cool, that's messages. almost, I get messages 4am. I'm like, what are you guys doing up at 4am? And <laughs> leave me alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you don't sleep anyway. So what do you care? Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Wake up like, ah, shh, start spraying stuff up. Yeah. Get the compressor going and I'm ready. Yeah. To yeah that's right. cool, dude. Um, Hey, what, what's, what are those pictures behind you on the wall there? Uh, so a lot of that is from, so yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. It's awkward. Yeah. That there one you. is, <laughs> I say that okay. Lake. that's a, like a seven or eight pounder in my, uh, first Skeeter. Oh, cool. Um, that's in a pond up North pond up North. That is a tarpon. That is oh, wow. a bass from Florida on stick marsh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, lo- I love old photos like that because nowadays it's almost like <clears throat> it's almost like photos are too easy, like with everybody having an iPhone. Where back yeah. then, in those days, you had to you had to want a picture, you had to develop it or take yeah. a disposable and brr, 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 throw you it. Like Walgreens and get them to print it out, and you'd have to wait two yeah. hours, whatever. Yep. It was. Yeah, it was a totally different ball game. And then this is my prototype uh, wake bait. Oh, cool. So I threw it up there because it's the first one I ever built. So yeah, heck yeah, dude, that's awesome. Really cool. I love that kind of stuff. And your tackle room looks like it's exploding, yes? Yeah, so I've got or a fishing bunch of room rides. or whatever you call it. Yeah, so I've got a bunch of rods over here, and I've got a bunch of rods, like, in the corner over here that I had to take out of the boat because it was, like, minus 27. Million. Yeah, it's been so obnoxiously cold. Yeah. Um, and you got a new boat, yeah? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a 21. I mean that's 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 a new yeah, boat. Yeah. yeah, that's a new that's a new sure. one. I'm only bringing it up because Nate is a Phoenix guy, and you got a Phoenix. Is that right? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love that boat. Yeah, tell us about it. Give us specifics. Give us a rundown. So, Motor, uh, graphs, everything. I had a uh, a Phoenix 919. Got that in 2016, 17. Had that for a couple of years. Sold to a guy local here. Then I bought mm-hmm. the uh, the 921 or the 920 Elite. Cause I wanted the bigger deck and the lower mm. gunnels and the, the flipping deck and all that kind of stuff. Um, absolutely love that boat. It's super fast. It drives really well. It's smooth. Um, and I'm running 
just two graphs right now. Like okay. a, you know, I'm not crazy with the five graphs up front. And, yeah. And, right. You know, I'm running Lawrence like a ghost up front and then they, uh, like a 12 and a 12. Okay. Are What's you, uh, I, I feel shallow, so. So are you not really like a forward facing sonar guy? Uh, I love it. Yeah. For small mouth. It's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's a blast. I, uh, and, and for large mouth, like offshore and stuff in the summertime, it's mm-hmm. really fun to, uh, to fish with it and crappie and stuff, but yeah, I'll probably add another graph this spring. Right on. Heck yeah, that that's uh that's actually how I, I think I originally found you a couple of years ago. I was looking uh, at buying a Phoenix and uh, came across some of your videos on YouTube. And that's like how I originally uh, saw you because I ended up buying a 919 uh, a couple oh, of years ago now. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got awesome. a 2016, uh, 2016, 919. And yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's been it's been awesome so far. Jordan, I, you've only, we've only fished the Grove out of it, haven't we? Me and you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never gone. Yeah. I've never, I've never got to go over, you know, five miles an hour, which I think yeah, it goes yeah. faster than that. But... It, go, it goes a little faster than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're fast. Just don't tell my, my wife. They're, they're right. fast. My 918 was quick. It was like 77. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really, that's really fast. Yeah. Were, fast. were you, uh, were you pushing a 200 on the back of it, Trey, or what'd you have on it? Uh, I was running a 225. Or 225. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then I run the 250 on this one. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it, are you running the. Are you running the new Merc on that one? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I remember the first time had to be what was it 18 or 19? Those came out 19. I think 19. Yeah. I yeah. Think it was right before right. COVID. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember the first time I heard one of those fire up. I was like, Ooh, baby. Like, yeah. Like that's sort of like Harley Davidson, like low. Yeah. Oof. I still love I mean, it. It is a V8 block. So it is. I just straight piped it and then shut it off. So. Yeah, it's it's really clean. Awesome. I love I love the way those puppies sound. But uh, <clears throat> all right, so let's let's transition over. Um, let's get into what I think um, is unique and needed and whatever. Uh, but tell us about the other side of your business outside of painting lures. All the the real cleaning, customization, kind of upgrading, all that stuff. So on my website, yeah. That pricing is not <laughs> the pricing is not correct. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, right. Yeah. I just haven't. So I got the website hacked like like a year ago. Oh gosh. It's been horrible. That's stupid. Try and figure it out. So I might scrap the whole thing and have to start over again. So most guys actually contact me through like Instagram and Facebook. And I just okay. Sure. Stuff. So, uh, but my pricing still for what you're getting is still great. So. It hasn't slowed down, which is a good thing. Like even raising the pricing, I, yeah. And I, and I just want to keep raising it because I'm getting so many reels in. Yeah. Right. What's, yeah. what's the ceiling going to be? Is it going to be right. three thousand reels a year? Four thousand? You know, like what's that going to be? So, well, yeah, you brought it up. What are you doing right now? How many are you doing a year right now? Do you think? Uh, my busiest time is November to April. I sure, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sixty to hundred a week. Oh my gosh, man. Maybe man. That's wild. Holy nuts. That is not what I thought you were going to say. Cause in one of your videos recently, you were talking about that. Um, uh, what's that bearing company you always use? The Bocas. Bocas. Yeah. Uh, you're talking yeah. about Boca bearings and you said something about like, uh, you know, these are a back sevens versus a back threes. And I've taken a back threes out of thousands of reels. And I was like, Oh, come on. 
you know, like, does, is that an accurate number? But clearly that's probably, yeah, like, like, probably could have said tens of thousands. Here, I order from them three times a month, maybe. Wow. At least I try to. Um, yeah. It starts downturning like in May. Well, May's okay. June's okay. But then you get like July, August, September, October. Those are really quiet months, um, which is completely fine because I'm fishing usually. So yeah, right. it works out. Um, but yeah, I work on so many reels right now. It's literally from 7.30 when I get into the shop here until whenever. Wow. 12 hour days. Like, wow. What do you, yeah, that's, that's crazy. What do you see primarily? Reels. What do you see primarily out of that? Is it cleanings or is it upgrades or is it just like a mixture of all of it? Mixture of everything. Like yeah. I will, like I just had a guy send in 19, another guy send in 27 and I'll spend a day and a half, two days trying to knock everything out. Like as much as I possibly can, because I know what's coming down the pipeline from guys emailing me and, and giving me like shipping info and all that kind of stuff. So I know right. like, Hey, I got to bang out these 40 reels. Cause I got another 70 coming. Yeah. And I don't want to get behind because Granted, I've got guys up north that are like, yeah, don't, you can take your time. You know, I got three more months before ice out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't want to have boxes stacked everywhere. And I try to knock out everything. I just need to get everything in and out as efficiently and as quick as possible. Wow. I, I, is this, is this, is this what you do? Is this like your full-time gig or full-time do you have gig. like a full-time? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I used yeah, to work for Apple. Like at- and then I transitioned to this when I got my X amount of people that were coming in. Right. So I just Good did the for you. transition. So Good for I you, man. For, for like nine years. And then the wife's like, you need to quit because you can't do full-time Apple and then full-time your business. She's like, you sure. quit. just run your business full-time and take a dive. Wow. Who yeah. said that to you? My wife. Dude, that's a good wife, man. Honestly, yeah, like for that's, that's not awesome. funny. That's awesome to have somebody that would support yeah. you, push you, encourage you. This is not the same, but it is the same. Yeah. When we go to like tackle shops, Lola's always the one that wants to buy more lures. So it's yeah. not as big of a deal, but it's pretty it's it's pretty encouraging. So oh, don't get me wrong. It took me two years to quit. Yeah. I mean that's scary, dude. Like scary and exciting yeah, all mixed up. Oh, it was it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I work for Apple. I mean, it's Apple computers, like one of the biggest companies in the world. Right. I've been there for nine years and it was like, cool. I go to work, come home. I'm done. Got it. Now it's like, I'm awake and I work and I go to bed, you know, and just trying to hustle as much as possible, trying to gain people to come to your business. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So tell us what the, this might sound stupid, but I want to hear it from somebody like you who knows your crap forwards and backwards. What's the benefit of really taking apart a reel and properly cleaning it? So most, so your popular reels, Daiwa, Shimano, come really dry from the factory internally. Is that a good thing or bad thing? Uh, for you, it's mm, probably not a great thing. I mean, they literally use like, a dollop of a little bit of grease and a little bit of oil here. And that's it. Like there's no grease on the gears. There's no grease on like the clutches and all this stuff. So over time, especially if you fish like salt or brackish water, it's going to be mm. terrible for your reels because yeah. there's no protection against the salt water. Sure. Uh, freshwater guys, they just get dirty. 
just really, really dirty. And you can get dirt in your bearings, your gears. Um, so I can just go through everything, disassemble all the reels, and then clean them and put them back together the way they should be and put the proper oil and grease and, you know, make them smoother. A lot of yeah. times you guys are like, dang, like, that's better than factory. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really dope. How, how, how did you start doing that? Did you just notice in your own reels that they needed to be cleaned up, lubed up, upgraded? Or what, what got you down that road? Yeah, I've always been uh, like a tackle reel enthusiast. Mm-hmm, sure. I mean, really, like my first baitcaster was like a Kronos or a Kronark Super Free. Like I've always been in the tackle. Mm-hmm. And reels, for one, was like, I don't know, there's something about them like that I just really got into reels and getting like these cool unique japanese reels like guys are into japanese cars like skyline r34s yeah yeah right yeah um we could do cars on another (laughs) but we could yeah we could i I do reels and i absolutely love working and tinkering and making reels better because honestly i think it's just a better experience for someone who wants to go fishing like there's 300 reels and there's 500 reels and 500 dollars rods that guys enjoy using while they're out to fish. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. um, so <clears throat> let me ask you this. Sorry, Nate, I'm asking all the questions here. I'm just, you're good. I'm really like, intrigued by all this. So a quick personal story, Trey, <clears throat> when I first started fishing tournaments, um, uh, I think it was back in 1890 or something like that. Uh, I, uh, I had a really crappy, I'm talking about doo doo quantum bait casting reel that I got as a part of a quantum rod and reel combo at Bass Pro Shops. Sure. And uh, I was a non-boater, and the feller I was fishing with, I was telling him, I'm like, dude, I really want to get good at bait casters. When I watch fishing videos, everybody uses bait casters. When I go to derbies, everybody uses bait casters. Um, I like how you can thumb it down to slow it down, to like right. stop your, you can get more accurate, whatever. I'm like, but I, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. And he said, well, your first problem is that reel. And then he handed me a Shimano uh, Corrado. I don't remember. Which, it was a yeah. green one. I don't remember exactly yeah. what model. Um, and all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, I can use a baitcaster. Uh, give me your opinion, Trey, on the difference in terms of like you get what you pay for. Um, I know you're a big Daiwa guy. So whatever brand you want to use as an illustration. But to anybody who's listening who maybe hasn't super – dove into bait casters yet but wants to um what would you recommend to somebody kind of starting out and the difference between the the, how, the amount you pay and the quality of the reels and performance and all that crap i will say over the last i would say 10 to 12 years uh reels have gotten way better like okay. across the board from like your 60 or 70 dollar reels all the way up to your 400 dollars reels mm-hmm like honestly, Daiwa back in the nineties, two thousands, made garbage, <laughs> like cheap reels, like inexpensive reels. They're terrible. They were sure. horrible reels because yeah. they focused on the TDZ and the Steves, and those were mm-hmm. four or five hundred dollar reels, mm-hmm. and that was their market. But yeah, nowadays, man, you can get reels hundred bucks, hundred and twenty bucks right now, like SLXs and the Fuego mm-hmm. and Blues yeah. and stuff, dude. They're way ahead of what they were that's cool which is awesome but yeah i mean if you're spending it just depends on your budget you know if your budget's 200 bucks there's a ton of reels out there that are phenomenal for 200 dollars. okay yeah 
you got you got one in you got one in mind with that you would you would say like if you if you have a hundred and fifty dollar budget like in your mind what's the best reel you can get for that money uh the tattoo 100 or the uh, slx has been great yeah right those are two really good reels um lose makes a good reel i'm just not like i'm just not a lose fan just because i'm just not a lose fan there's no like heritage on lose um there was like originally when they made like the the reels from japan and stuff and there's more you know backstory to them now now Mm -hmm. they're just like an oe reel that seven other manufacturers come in the same factory and make their their reels to their spec so yeah Hmm. you know like Dio and Shimano have their own factories. They own their own factories. They do their own R and D everything. So they're like top of the top. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. What's the what's the <clears throat> tell us about the in your expertise? Tell us about the ball bearing game. I remember when I worked at Gander Mountain, the question I got every effing time that somebody who didn't really know fishing how many bearings does that reel have oh that one that that quantum says it has like 13 and this die was only got seven i'll go with the 13 tell people about the importance of bearings and the differences i kind of equated to when i worked for apple it was kind of like the gigahertz wars of like pc and and mac sure yeah well this pc is running four and a half gigahertz max only run at two but it's more efficient and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um like that Shimano that you used, I think I only had three bearings. Yeah. Phenomenal reel. Honestly, yeah. it's probably one of the greatest Shimanos they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only had three bearings. Yep. It's not just about bearings. It's quality of bearings. Shimano and Daiwa get the pick of the litter of the bearings first. Mm-hmm. Everybody else gets their bearings and, you know, great reel. That's a good one. Yeah. Bantam Corrado. That's such a sick reel, dude. Yeah. Old school. And that's yeah, a really old school. That's a cranking reel, probably. I'm about to say that's a perfect yep. crank yep. reel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that reel is amazing. And like, yeah. I still, I still, I still use that today. Like, I, st- I still use I that. I'll throw, I'll throw deeper cranks on that thing still to this day, and it's, it casts like a rocket. Like, and it's crazy because that thing was like 119 bucks when it came out in '96, '97. Yeah, you probably still get 120 bucks from it if it's easily. Yeah, they, easily. Yeah, they sell like crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what should people look for then, Trey? In your opinion, if they're if they're looking to get a new reel, uh, not get wrapped up in the bearings, you know, like you said, for 150 bucks, you can get like the Tatula 100, which I just bought three of recently. Um, what 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 should people look for? Yeah, I mean, the bearing count kind of is a it's it's good and bad. So, there's really good quality bearings. So, if you have 13 bearings in your Steez CT, mm-hmm. that reel's 600 bucks. Like, right, it's different. You know, you're getting a whole package there, but, and that's what I do to a lot of reels is like the Tatula, I can add five more bearings or six more bearings to it and, and bring it all the way up. But it's quality bearings and it's smoother and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of those bearings are in like the knobs. Knobs usually have two bearings or bushings. And so that's four bearings right there. So if you take those out, now you're down to what, nine. Hmm. And so there's, there's other bearings you know, I guess smoke and mirrors. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. But yeah, it's just quality. And there's so much more quality like the gear cuts and the materials are using inside and your frame material. You know, if you're using a aluminum frame, your reel is going to be more rigid and not flex. And if you're fighting a big fish, the the reel's not going to break and your gears won't become misaligned. 
Right. Yeah. So, uh, so you you said that there's some of those higher end reels. They they have bearings on the inside and outside of the actual knob on the on the handle. Yeah, there's an upper and a lower bearing. Okay. So there's one at the bottom, like the I'll show you right here. So. So there's a bearing here. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> there's a bearing here and a bearing here. So this is like, you know, just spinning. And what did you, did you do something to that? That's customized, yes? Yeah, so this is one of my personal reels. Um, this is probably, this is a this is a one of one in the world, um, Daiwa TDZ. I call it my Lamborghini reel uh, because it is, been painted in the Lamborghini factory, Lamborghini Gallardo orange. It is the oh, factory wow. color. So what? Yes. That's crazy. How so, did you? How? 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 Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good question. How? I knew a guy over in was it Italy that I did work for, real work for. What? And he had this reel, and so. I did a little trading and I did everything in my power to get this reel because it was the, I don't know. I, I absolutely love the color. I'm an orange fan. So, Oh, it's awesome. Um, so I added like a carbon handle and it's fully tricked out. Like it's ridiculous. Um, I used to fish it a ton, but I kind of put it aside just because it's just super rare. And I, yeah, you know, and you can tell it's all auto paint because they, they did it as thick as they would as like a car. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like right. a wheel. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's wow. yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's that was a, that was actually painted in a Lamborghini it factory. Painted at the Lamborghini factory. Shut up, dude. That's wild. Lamborghini Gallardo orange. I don't know how he did it, but yeah, we exchanged a ton. And I was like, huh, awesome. <laughs> Dude, that's like uh, that's like that Johnny Cash song where he sneaks out the car one part of the time. That dude like snuck the reel into the factory like one part of the time. He went like the other way and had it all painted up. Gosh, dog it, that's dog, dude. I'm so jealous. But yeah, that 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 handle, good lord, that thing spins like a, I mean, like a top. Yeah, it's all which makes sense. I mean, that's your connection to the reel. Why wouldn't you want it super smooth? Yeah, I mean, this is just a steeze. Eh? Just thing. a steeze. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's if you're eliminating friction, everything's yeah. smoother for you. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, one thing I was listening to you talk about on a video was ABEC ratings, which unless I'm getting this wrong, you'll have to correct me, Trey. But I used to work at a skateboard shop back in the day, and oh, people would ask that all the time: what's the difference on ABEX? What's the difference on ABEX? And I would always tell people, from my understanding, it's how polished and how smooth the bearing actually is. Uh, so like if you have a three, it's not as polished and not as going to roll as fast as like a seven, you know? So again, like a, you can, obviously you can do um, ceramics and uh, whatever else that make it even faster or, you know, for skateboarding faster, but right. for our purposes and real smoother, is that correct? Just more yeah, polished? I guess it's more, so an ABEC rating is, I think used really for German bearings and I think a U.S. standard, um, but it's more of like tolerances. Mm. So you'll have like, ones and they're not going to be as tight tolerant, so it'll be a little sloppier, opposed to like your fives and your sevens. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got some ABEC nines that are from from Boca, but they're from France. Uh, huh. I think they're like a hundred bucks a pair. Holy is crap! They, is what they were going. Wow. So they gave me a couple to try out. And I'm like, I don't see the difference. Like, there's no really. Yeah, I mean, your spool can only spin so fast. 
True. I mean, they're, they're doing like maybe 25,000 RPM or something, which is fast, but like it, you're not going to see any, an extra 2000 RPM. Performance difference. Yeah. Yeah. And right. for the cost, the ABEC fives and the sevens are amazing. So yeah, that's cool. That's really neat. Yeah. So I, I run, I run ABEC sevens on the spool bearings and then guys can, you know, if they want ABEC sevens for their knobs and worm gear bearings and all that kind of stuff, I'll get them. Or I run fives, either one. But what like Japanese, they don't use an ABAC rating. Oh, really? At all. Like huh. There's a great company called ZPI. They make some mm. of the yeah, best yeah. things in the world. Yep. Yeah. Non ABAC. Because huh. there's no standard for the Japanese. They're just not rated there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're just all really good. Is that what it is? They yeah, probably. Much, they don't have to put I mean, them on a scale. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, we make really good bearings. Yeah, it's like when right, you go to a restaurant and there's no prices on the menu, you're like, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. yeah like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're not much more expensive than like Boca's, but they're harder to get. Sure. They're harder to source. They used to be much easier, but now they're much harder to get. That's dope. So, so, yeah. uh, so what's what's a typical uh, like bearing upgrade cost? If I was to send in a reel, I say I want I want a bearing upgrade on it. What what would be what would be the cost on that? Uh, so if I did like, so you just got those tattoo 100s. Mm-hmm. Let's say you fish them for the season. You want them, so it'd be twenty five for cleaning, spool polish, and then uh, another twenty five for the bearing. So you're looking fifty bucks for clean install bearings, spool polish, and then you're shipping back. Wow, that's not bad at all, dude. Honestly. No, 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 heck no. And again, just just so anybody who hears this or watches this knows, we have no business affiliation with Trey whatsoever. So we're not gonna like infomercial you and be like, wow, that's a good deal. What else can they buy, Trey? I'm just saying that's actually a good deal to get improved performance out of the thing that you're so freaking, you know, like I'll spend I'll spend fifty dollars on a single jerk bait. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like or, or some weird Japanese something um that people don't have and whatever so to spend fifty dollars to make your reel work significantly better. Um and what kind of improvements do you see then, Trey, if you did what you just said as far as the bearings and the cleaning and the whatever? So like my bearings and stuff, I could chart like I think MSRP on them or mat pricing on them for like tech warehouse is like forty two bucks or something, which it's insane. Yeah. Um so I, I get them so much from them that I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm not gonna charge people like forty five dollars for bearings. Hmm. Um but you can get distance out of them. Okay. Uh, the bearings are gonna be more consistent. Hmm. Ease of casting. So you can you know, instead of like leaning back and making a cast, you can just flip sure. your wrist and cast. Okay. Um, you can also cast lighter, lighter weights on them. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that that could be really useful for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you can run them. And the bearings I use are ceramic hybrids, so it's ceramic balls and a oh. stainless steel runner. So you yep. can you can run them dry, or you can run them with a drop of oil. Okay. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. They're pretty easy to uh, maintain. Yeah. So like, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't even know you could swap out the bearings on the the handle, like on the grip itself. Yeah. What other things do you do to reels? Uh, so you can upgrade. Depends. Like on the tattoos, you can do bearings on the knobs on the handle, and then you can upgrade the worm gear where your like T wing goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you can upgrade the two bushings on each side to bearings. Makes it smoother. Also makes it more rigid. So when you're fighting fish, there's no flex. There's no like, yeah, there's no flex in the. That's awesome. The, the T wing. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're putting pressure on that T wing, 
you know, your, your worm gear is flexing on those two bushings. It just mm -hmm. makes it stiffer. Yeah. And then I do a lot of cleanings and a lot of spool polishing and super tuning and all that kind of stuff. Wow. What, 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 uh, what all is involved in a cleaning? I suppose it's different from reel to reel, but what all are you taking apart? How, I mean, how, how much work are you yeah, doing do on you, a cleaning? Yeah. Uh, do you have so like a basic and like a full scent? Everything, everything's deal? full. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like all in. you can do it like the customer can do a basic, like I've done some videos and stuff. Like if you just want to do a quick cleaning in your boat or at home or something like that, mm -hmm. but I literally take the reel completely apart to all the springs and gears and clean everything, flush everything, and then reapply what I think is better oil and better grease to make the reel smoother. Okay. And hopefully last longer because you're spending, I mean, guys are spending two, 300 bucks on a reel or 500 bucks on a reel and they have 20 yeah. of them or 10 of them. So if you can keep that reel for 10 years, awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I don't, yeah, I don't, it shouldn't be a disposable product. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. I mean, it's, you know, some guys spend hundreds of dollars on reels. So, yeah, hopefully, they last them ten years. Like that Corrado, it's twenty-five year old crap. Yeah, yeah, still yeah, ripping. Still, Great still reel. works perfect. Yeah, yeah. which, like which, uh, which kind of just brought something to my mind. Um, I have, uh, I have a couple lose reels, which you mentioned you're not the biggest fan of, but uh, great reels. It, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. Of yeah, no, and that yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but uh, I've I've got a couple uh, that I would call like higher end ones, uh, like yeah. team lights and stuff like that. And uh, in the cold, and by cold I mean like, does your handle go I, backwards? Why? Why does why does the handle go backwards? <laughs> he called you out before why? you finished describing it. Yeah, so I've been in contact with Lewis for a very long time. Why does it do that? And they know exactly what the issue is, but they will not fix it in the factory. Oh so, my goodness. It is the anti-reverse bearing on your handle. So there is a bearing right here. That's a roller okay. bearing. It's a one-way roller bearing. And they put too much of whatever oil they're using on that roller bearing. And when it gets below 43 degrees, it snaps backward. Oh. That, that oil is um, either freezing or gumming up whatever's going on so it's slipped hmm. you can either replace it or you can take your handle off and take like the drag star and all that stuff off yeah yeah yeah. and you can run like a q-tip and get all that oil out with like an alcohol wipe once that oil's out you should be good hmm. but yes That's i know crazy. exactly what you do because every guy around around here throwing jerk tape <laughs> yeah in the cold yeah 43 degrees in the fall I'm like, I know exactly why you're contacting me. And they're like, yep, my handle is going backwards. I'm like, you know. Wow. Yeah, That's and it's crazy. a factory issue thing. All you have to do is stop putting oil in their AR bearing and they're good to go. Wow, dude. Yep. That's awesome. Talk about a guy who knows this stuff. We mentioned that. Yeah, before. specific like, answer on the money. New yeah. degree. Yeah, new degree. yeah <laughs> that's awesome. Dang, Trey, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy the amount I see, and it's kind of frustrating that they just, it's so simple. Like, just tell your people to stop doing it. Yeah. So you, what you were saying, we're kind of going backwards here, uh, Trey. You were saying that Lose is not necessarily completely unique in their manufacturing process, like Shimano or Daiwa is, in terms yeah. of like mass producing or other companies kind of in the same warehouse or. Yeah. So anything, so like Lose, Abu, Fluger, um, even the like 
$200 caskings now. Anything that mm -hmm. says Korea is all made in the same factory. Anything that says what? Korea. Oh, like, oh, oh. Like made in Korea. Yeah. It's all made in the same factory. So there's like a giant massive book and you can go in there if you have a ton of money and say, hey, I want my logo on this reel, this part, this knob and all this stuff. And you're kind of like piecing stuff together. And good to go. Wow. Yes. There are the same companies that actually have like proprietary, the way they do stuff like a mm -hmm. spool, like the arc reels and stuff like that. Sure. But they're all being manufactured. Like they're still getting the same AR bearings and typically the same gears and all that kind of stuff. Crazy. And Daiwa and Shimano are doing everything themselves. They're doing everything themselves. They have yeah. the Japanese factories and then they have like their Malaysia and Thailand factory, I think. Wow. So those um, are the only two factories. So they have their own quality control and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to is quality control. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Um, why are you such a Daiwa fan? Because um, they – so back in the day, they used to be paired with – they used to do a lot of collaborations with Megabass. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So there would be like Megabass, TZs, mm -hmm. like Yuki Ito, yeah. the designer yeah. of Megabass made all this Yeah, like a Daiwa reel with cool Megabass like translucent side plates or whatever. That one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so, the one. This is a Mega Bass. Yeah. Shimano, yeah, I know that real. Which used to be, well, it's the same frame as like the Daiwa Soul, which yep. is the orange reel that they made 10 years ago. Mega Bass just took it and made it insanely cool. Made it really cool, which is kind of what Yuki does. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. So I just kind of like gravitated towards that style of, of reel. I mean, they just made some really cool looking reels, color wise, mm -hmm. and just yeah. really neat stuff. Um, BFS stuff back in the day before BFS was really cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I just love their stuff. I mean, yeah. Shimano makes phenomenal reels as well. They do. Yeah. What do you think about some of the new weird crap? Like the, is it Casking, I think, that came out with that iCast reel and some of that stuff? Um, it's great marketing. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, that's an honest answer. You're you're marketing towards video game kids. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think you need to know how fast your crankbait's cranking through the water and yeah, how many casts you made for the day with that reel at least. Yeah, like, and I think yeah. they're pairing them now with like maybe sunglasses or something. Um. So you can like have the heads up display on your, your glasses. Oh, it's oh, really oh. cool technology. It's really neat, but it's I, you don't need. <laughs> yeah. You just made a thirty-seven foot cast. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you go like, oh, I made my next cast was only thirty-five. I got to get it eighteen inches yeah. farther yeah. out. Then I'll catch the fish. And they try to justify like, oh, but you can look when you caught your fish. You can say, hey, I cranked it at two point six seven miles an hour, and I can replicate yeah. that and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, but if you fish enough, man, you, you know, like you make a thousand casts a day or two thousand casts a day throwing, a, you know, square bill or a spinnerbait yeah. or something. So it's yeah, neat technology, really though. It's cool to yeah. see what's going to happen in ten years. Yeah. So outside of your Lamborghini reel, what's another reel there that you're like super pumped on that you're proud of? Doesn't have to be like the most expensive. Something that you love. Uh, Sorry to I put you on the spot. What What can you show us? Let me see. <laughs> He's got them all over. He don't know. What to do. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Probably this guy right here. This is a Diwa Pixie. This is a Diwa Pixie. Okay, tell us about it. 
this was probably one of the first BFS reels. Oh. That Diver came out with, I would say 2004. Okay. 2003. <coughs> they made a couple of variants of this. They made a red, silver, orange, and yellow. Orange one, unfortunately, is only right-handed, so I don't use it. Um, it's just I've always been in I've always been in the white um, BFS stuff. I've, yeah, I haven't owned a, I haven't owned a spinning reel in fifteen years. Really? Because you yeah. throw everything. Not a, yes, not a everything lot. is on BFS. Wow. Yeah. So that's funny. Well, you said BFS Daiwa 04, but like BFS, um, which Trey, give us give us a give us a ten second explanation of what BFS is for anybody who doesn't know. Throwing stupid light baits on a baitcaster. Yeah, yeah, it's like finessey stuff that you should really only throw on spinning technically, but now we're doing it on bait casting because of the obvious advantages you get with using a bait casting reel, and they're making gear specific for throwing that teeny stuff. But that's really like getting big just in the last what year and a half, two years here. But you're saying they've been putting out reels for it since '04? Three years probably here. I would sure. say, the, the, yeah, I say 2020, 2021. Okay, but then. Daiwa made that. They made a Presso, which is like a, the trout version of it, mm. um, which I've got. You know, it's an awesome reel. But it, it was so ahead of its time. Like nobody knew what it was. And yeah, so you can only get them over in Japan, and Japanese have been doing it for 25, 30 years. So um, they they have a whole different mindset of fishing over there compared to what we have here. Yeah, and that's why if you buy a reel from Japan, it's a little different gear wise mm -hmm. from what we have here. Because we fish like sixty-five pound braid, throwing two-ounce baits, and you know they need right. over there. It's a lot of finesse stuff. So a lot of that is now coming over here, and it's blowing up way more than it's kind of the opposite spectrum as a uh, swim baiting. Yeah. So it's just different. It's awesome though. I love it. I've caught. I just I, it's so fun smallmouth fishing with the other stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, remember you caught that, uh, Jordan. You caught that uh, that fish throwing that 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 Ned up there on uh, was it when we were up on fence? Yeah, you're throwing that Ned rig on that on that bait casting. Bait caster, yeah, yeah, which nobody yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, it is really fun. Yeah, be be able to have a little bit more backbone on them, mm -hmm. being a little more specific with your casts. Uh, yeah, I, I I I've not I've not invested in like. BFS specific stuff, but right. I, you know, I definitely try and use some smaller stuff on uh, bait casting in it. Yeah, I like it a lot better. I mean, even in the river, Nate, where you and I used to fish on 15, um, and I would throw those little, those really, they weren't like, they were like the Lucky Craft Square Bill size that were like, like a one, not a one and a half. So a lot of people struggle to throw. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people struggle to throw that on a bait caster, but when you can and you're da -da 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 bouncing it, you know, off rip wrap deflecting, and then you get it that pop to, to reel that in on bait casting feels so much better than spinning. I think it gives you a lot more confidence. I think yeah, yeah the casting accuracy is better. Yeah. It's just That's fun. Sure. I've been I turn my buddies onto it up when we go up north to like St. Clair and stuff, and they're like, Oh yeah. man, so much better. Why am I even using a spinning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just I just had a conversation at the ramp. Um, I don't remember what derby it was this year. We were a couple, me and a couple fellers were talking about BFS stuff, and they were like, "Oh, you mean a marketing ploy where I can just use a spinning rod and reel?" And I was like, "I I don't know that it's that." I said, "Japanese have been using that thing for 
they say decades and it seems like a lot of our techniques drop shotting to hover strolling to free rigging to i mean whatever else you want to throw in there came from japanese way after they were doing it so if you know nice all that stuff like yeah i mean you might want to pay attention yeah yeah i mean yeah i know guys like their spinning reels and stuff but i just i can't stand it you don't yeah i used to have some but i just uh no, I just don't. I don't work on them at all either because they're That's so cool. hard to work on. Yeah, I bet they are. But they're a lot harder than, than a bait casting. Uh, well, anyway, um, let's 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 start wrapping her up a little bit. Nate, you got any more questions for this for this real genius? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just had uh, I wanted to transition back just a hair on yeah. like if uh, you mentioned you might you might have a video out on it. But if somebody wants to do like a basic real cleaning, like where where do they start? Like what yeah, question breakdown? You know, what do they clean? What do they oil? You know, stuff like that. Um, let me see. I got a buddy's reel mapping out here. Let me see if I can get this. It's so weird trying to do. It is. It's so goofy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so essentially, this like the worm gear right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really dirty. Like really dirty. The the worst thing really for for reels is braid because braid attracts all the grime, dirt, everything in the water, and it just mm-hmm. sends it into your your reel. Um, but you can you can clean this using like a Q-tip, super easy. Clean it until it's shiny chrome again or aluminum, and you can oil each end of the uh, worm gear, and then put a little bit of grease on the worm gear, and you're good to go. Um, the other thing, I've got a lot of guys like a lot of the new dialers coming out are screaming, they'll screech pretty good, um, just because their bearings are dry. So you can just there's a side plate bearing and there's a bearing on the tension knob. Mm-hmm. And you just do a drop of oil on those. That's it. One drop. Yep, one drop is good because if you do more than one drop, it usually just slows down the bearings. Oh, interesting. And what uh, what oil do you prefer? I know there's a million kinds out there. Uh, so I'm using so for general maintenance, the Lucas oil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a tackle warehouse or anybody. Yep. Right. This is great oil on everything but bearings because it's thick, thicker. Mm. I use ZPI bearing, uh, this stuff right here from Japan. Okay. Really nice oil. It's like $25 or $30. It'd probably last a normal person like 20 years, probably. A thousand reels. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's another stuff called like Duthlon. This is really good stuff too. Duthlon. Okay. Yep, it is from Germany, maybe. Okay. Uh, great oil, but you can get like this little like kit, like a maintenance kit. Mm-hmm. It comes with these little tiny little grease things. Oh, cool. So there's two of those. There's like a, a liquid grease and there's a ceramic grease. So that's pretty uh pretty good stuff too. I use all, all I use all of it. And then grease wise I use like the dial grease. Oh, smart. Yes. I was, I was going to ask, do you ever use the, the, the lube that comes in the boxes when you buy them? Yeah. The Daiwa, like the Shimano oil is great oil. The Daiwa oil is good. Um, even okay. the Luz oil. I think the Luz oil now is just Lucas oil. So oh, it's, the right. same, it's the same stuff. Like if you go to Tackle Warehouse and you look at like Luz oil, it's like nine bucks. If you look at Lucas oil, it's like six bucks and it's literally the same thing. They oh, just, that's funny. They just mark it up and put it on. Just loosen these are cut too, so yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's literally like the same oil. Yeah, that's cool. So, 
So if you were to do like a basic cleaning and lubing, would would something like that ZPI oil like uh, enhance your performance, you know, that alone without doing any bearing upgrades or anything like that? If you flush your bearing. If you flush them? Okay. Yeah. If you flush What would that bearing, involve? For... Uh, just taking the, the bearings out and you can put it in like a little jar of, uh, what is this, like paint thinner? Okay. Or acetone or something. Acetone or CRC brake fluid. That stuff's really harsh, but it'll it'll flush your bearings. Right. Huh. And probably flush your fingers off too. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good stuff. But yeah, that's that's pretty. So the the hard part, Shimano's a little easier because most of our bearings are external to get to that tattoo <laughs> to get to that uh, tension knob bearing. You gotta actually take the part the uh, the real part. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question specifically about that. Um, a long time ago, I had a, what I thought was a dope bait casting combo. I don't remember what it was, uh, but uh, I loved it. It was like a cheaper Shimano bait casting reel. I don't remember. I, I really can't remember. It wasn't the Corrado or anything, but um, gosh, dog it. I wish I could remember. Anywho, uh, it got really dirty one time because I probably just didn't clean it or take care of it well enough. And I thought I could watch the old year turbs and take it apart and clean it. How far do you, and so the long story short is I couldn't get it back together, uh, bent the crap out of springs. Like, I mean, right. I could, cause I mean, I really took it apart and then right. it looked like it exploded uh, and I couldn't get it back together. And I don't know what I ended up doing with it. But anyway, where do you recommend people who don't know what the F they're doing? Where do you recommend that they stop? as far as like a cleaning process, cause you can go too far to a point where if you don't have experience, it's a, it's a bomb. Yeah. It can get pretty bad. I mean, there's, there's definitely videos. My buddy tackle junkie has like cleaning videos and stuff mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, but man, if you're not, if you don't want to deal with springs and all these like w- little washers, little washer clips and yeah. And so like drag washers are not, they're not built the same. They're like, they're bent for a reason. If right. you don't mm-hmm. put them in the correct position, then you're not getting any drag. And Oof, gosh. So, yeah, there's like a washer, and there's a plate, and there's two drags, and there's a flat plate, and all this stuff. So if there's not in the right position, you're going to set the hook, and you'll be like, I got one pound of drag, and it's already cranked <laughs> on. I'm like, well, Eesh. Your washers are yeah. messed So you just have to be cognizant of, like, you can take your reel apart and just place everything in order that you took it apart makes it a little bit easier if you lay everything out on like a towel or your table or something. Yeah. But, or you can just send it to me and I'll just knock them off. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think that's probably a better idea, man. I think that's, that's what I probably the way to go. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. Um, well, um, Trey, thank you so much for being a part of our, of our little podcast, man. You are a awesome guest, smart, articulate. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us, dude. Yeah, man. It was a good time. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. It sucks the Bills lost, though. I know, dude. Honestly, like the last two days have not been my uh, have not been my favorite in terms of football. But I'm I'm I think I think my team I think my team and I'm not like a fan, but I think from here on in I'm going to be cheering for the for the Lions. I mean, they've just been so bad for so long. There's nobody on that team that I dislike. I think their head coach might be part caveman, but I like him. And uh, it's just a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Baltimore versus San Francisco, though. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't see honestly right now. I don't see anybody beating the Ravens. It was honestly like they toyed with the Texans the other day. 
it was like they were like a shark like picking off a fence before they ate the fish like and then they just tore them to pieces. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that they had an extra week off because it took them a while, and like. And I was like, okay. It, yeah, it, it was like uh, it was like when you played basketball in like fifth grade, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna start playing for real now. But then they actually did, and they actually <laughs> yeah, started playing yeah. for real now. But, but all right, Trey, we appreciate you, man. Um, you can go ahead and hang up, man, and uh, we'll, we'll stay in contact with you. Thank you. Awesome, man. You guys have a good night. All right, brother. You too. Hey, appreciate it. Peace. Bye, bye. All right, so that's the new that's the new friend, the new uh, the new dude, Trey Harpel. Um, look him up, T H uh, Custom or T H Customs, um, depending on what social media or YouTube or what your turb or whatever. And the custom is with a K. Uh, what'd you think, Nate? Hey, I'm 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 stoked on that. I think that went I think that went quite well. You know, like we said, he's a he's a guy with a lot of. Uh, irons in the fire if you will mm-hmm. he's got a lot going on but it seems like uh the things he is doing he does very well like that's like yeah. like i said there's no you know i asked you know does he have like levels of cleaning and uh, no mm-hmm. everything's everything's full all out. I, if i'm gonna do it, it, it it's it's all the way or not at all and that that's awesome i mean if you yeah. you know uh you know you're gonna put the time in you might as well might as well do it right so that's that's awesome yeah. Also, how how um how cool was it? So you start talking about that lose thing. You didn't yes. really even get to the end of what you were going to describe. No. Uh-uh. He not only knew what you were referring to, but said the specific temperature that it occurs at, like right That's away. Right. Yes. Knew the fix for it that you could do yourself, and knew like where the issue came from in terms of like from the factory. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i couldn't like, actually believe that uh, yeah, yeah yeah pretty wild and like like you know uh you know, like i said I, it's a, it happens on a few of the higher end uh you know lose reels that i have like you know i'm spending you know 250 dollars on a reel i don't want it back spooling when i'm trying to throw jerk <laughs> yeah, bait like, or, you like, know, uh, like an old yeah, spinning reel where you can backwind it exactly i go to i go to set the hook on a, on a jig fish and and <laughs> yeah the 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 whole reel you know no. spins backwards and i don't get a nope. hook set or something like that's that's brutal and yeah for him to know know exactly what i was talking about right off right off top right of out of the giddy yeah um yeah, that, i mean ha, sorry has that happened on your hyper mags at all or no uh yeah on on the has older, it really? I, I got, yeah i have a newer hyper mag um that yeah. has never happened to me on and i have a, a one that's a few years older uh maybe a year and a half or two years older um, but it's happened on that. So it's happened on wow. that. It's ha- happened on the lose tournament light, which is, you know, $250 yeah. reel or, yeah. you know, something like that. Uh, it's happened on a couple of the, and, and like I said, maybe like he said, it, you know, it's, it, it could be an oil thing, which some of them have more oil on them than others, which is sure. why it doesn't happen on a few, but does happen on some others. But yeah, like a couple of the tournament pro G's that I have, it's happened on as well. So yeah. And that's like a $200, uh, that's a $200 real too. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. uh, should not be talking happening. to him. Yeah. Talking to him, having a, having a fix, having a solution. That's, that's awesome. I'm stoked to be able yeah. to pull those out of the rod box here this, uh, this winter and, uh, get them cleaned up and hopefully, hopefully fix for our next, uh, lost grove adventure when it's, yeah, uh, dude. yeah, we got, we got to try and repeat. We got to try and defend yeah, the title 39 and, and sleeting. So, yeah, this year I don't know. There's got to be something I can do, man. I got to be able to like electric jacket or I, something. I got to be able to do something to be ready for that derby. You know what I really liked about Homeboy too is um, I feel like fishermen in general, whether it's like guys who are into 
custom paint or swapping out the hooks on baits or putting suspend dots on or realizing that your jerk bait runs at this this depth on 10 pound fluoro versus this depth at 12 pound fluoro or and this is a fact if you've never known this anybody um uh your jerk baits or anything will change depth uh with the water temperature there, there's so many variables and whatever but i feel like fishermen are generally tinkerers like they like to mess with stuff like um they like to see why things work the way they do and whatever and the cool thing with trey is that i one million i don't know this i didn't ask him but i one million percent know that that dude gets a reel like a new reel and i guarantee you he doesn't use it before he does his stuff to it so like you i'm only saying all that to say like you just said like you know one reel have this much grease this reel have that much grease from the factory well if every reel you get you take it apart and clean it out and then re-grease it re-lube it put different bearings in it I mean, you're just starting out ahead of the game. You're eliminating the chance of not getting a right hook set. You're getting better casting. You know what I think it could really benefit to is dudes uh, like me who like to skip under docks. I feel like having a reel decked out with the right bearings, the right amount of grease and lube, I think that could completely change the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. That that definitely would uh, would change things up for you for sure. Yeah, game um, yeah, he, a he, changer. Game changer. He's definitely a guy we're gonna have to have to get in contact with. Uh maybe yeah. try out some of these uh was it Buka bearings and yeah, uh, Boca. You know, yeah, Boca, that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah. uh and tr- trick some of these these reels out and see what it's all about. Yeah, I also wondered too, right? Like could you sort of um uh could you sort of screw the system a little bit? Like could you get like those those Daiwa Tatula one hundreds that I bought? Um mm-hmm. Could you get those for a buck fifty? Send them to him. Spend fifty dollars on each one. So now you have two hundred dollars invested in it, and it's performing like a three hundred dollar reel. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, is, is, I mean, because that's a thing, right? Like getting it getting it set exactly how it should be set. Yeah, I I think that's definitely uh, definitely a thing that you could do, and uh, you know, he sounds like he's the the man to to put you on the on the right game uh for those for sure so yeah i should i should honestly just do that like when i when i get back home after this week of yeah. training here i should just send him those three reels and be like dude just have at it charge me whatever right. and just make them really dope <laughs> just see how actually you know what i should do i should send in two of them keep one of them factory stock that way i can like feel the performance difference you know? right yeah compare yeah compare and contrast for sure that'd be that'd be awesome i think he does a lot with like reel replacement too like swapping reels out you know carbon reels and oh like the and, handles you know, and stuff yeah that, yeah yeah, the yeah, yeah. The handles yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know he mentioned uh uh you know those the bearings like in the in the uh reel knobs of the yeah that's pretty cool knob. that's yeah. yeah that's awesome that's definitely something i'm gonna have to have to look into to to you know, improve the fishing game because that's what we're yeah. always out for, right? Yeah, because I mean, I I like the idea of when people upgrade, like, um, <clears throat> uh, change parts out on reels, and a lot of times they're doing it for like the aesthetic value, like putting mm-hmm. a blue accent on it or a purple accent, or also purple yeah. is like blowing up right now. Purple is a hot color oh, right now. For sure, it has yeah, been for a hot for minute. Sure. But Aaron Martin's best dude ever was ahead of the curve on that one boy but like boats are coming out in purple options purple on reels and all kinds of stuff but anyway a lot of it was like just aesthetic it was just to like make it look cooler better certain yes. look whatever um but yeah i mean like on the die was 
uh, I really like all the Daiwas, but even the higher end ones, they don't have like that carbon handle, which can not only look cool, but it can cut back weight. And you can even get them um, like a 90 millimeter, like a hundred millimeter, like a, like mm-hmm. a wider handle. You can get it with like that kind of fake cork on the grip, like a lot of those mega bass reels are. Um, also, yeah. that was dope when I said something about uh, that Daiwa mega bass uh, collabo. And he goes, oh, like this one? And he pulls <laughs> one like up. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, that's awesome. Or that... Uh lamborghini painted uh, oh my gosh that can't be real dude that's awesome that's ridiculous and that's the funny thing about it it's sort of like people who are really into um collector shoes like it's dope Mm -hmm. to have the shoes but you don't want to wear them you got this this bananas (laughs) awesome reel but you don't want to use it because you know it's it's painted in the lamborghini factory yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's so cool yeah really dope so lola we love you we missed you uh alexis where's my taco uh this was episode 41 which was happily proudly brought to you by grizzly coolers and kenai gear um you can look that up at grizzlycoolers.com you can use the pass password passcode what's the what's the word i'm looking for here use the coupon code the shopping code the discount code Discount uh, code. That's more. WCB, W like Walter, C like Charlie, B like boy, WCB. That'll get you 10% off um, on coolers, shirts, hats, soft sided coolers, um, the tumblers, all the dope stuff that they make. We are honored to be brought to you by them. Uh, Giltech USA, um, that's at um, hookandarrowsupply.com. Awesome place run by same by, by some amazing human beings from Wisconsin, hardworking incredibly well-designed lures, uh, bow shop, everything you need, hookandarrowsupply.com. We're pumped, as always, to be a part of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast Network. Uh, Them boys have really, like, created a model, honestly, for podcasters on how to be a successful podcast. And the two keys here are be honest, be real, be yourself, and just be consistent, put out content. They've been doing it since 2015. They're coming up on, you know, 10 years of podcasting. They've been killing the game before there even was a game. So uh, much respect to those fellas. And then of course, Waypoint TV, um, which we're working on getting all of our stuff on um, Waypoint TV for both audio, which we already have, and then video. So you can watch our our video podcast. So, um, Again, huge shout out to our boy uh, Trey um, Harpel, T H Custom, Custom with a K. Uh, you you gotta follow him on on YouTube. Follow him on social media. Um, I honestly believe this might sound like an overstatement, but I think he could probably make you a better fisherman. Because uh, if your gear is yeah. working better, running smoother, it's gonna lead to less frustration. It's gonna lead to better casting, fishing, fun, and that's kind of the whole the whole thing, right? Nate? That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all all that that leads into you know enjoying your time on the water and if if your gear's making it more enjoyable you're you're gonna you're gonna naturally become a better fisherman you know it's, yeah, uh, that's, that's it. just the way it is so yeah all right so that, well, that's it that's it for this one right uh positivity is worth the effort peace out y'all